When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Go Huskies podcast is presented by Air Van Moving, the official mover of Husky Athletics and your next move. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to another edition of the Go Huskies podcast. This is a podcast exclusive and the start of a new series. I'm Tony Castricone, welcoming you to Remembering 1991, 30 Years Later. Now, today is the anniversary of the season opener of the 1991 campaign, a trip down to Palo Alto to take on the Stanford Cardinal, opening up Pac-10 play. Huskies went down to the Bay and hammered Stanford 42-7 in route to a national championship. And as we look back 30 years later, on the anniversary of each game, we'll be joined by a member of that 1991 squad to remember what it was like. We'll start with my former broadcast partner, Damon Hewart, who was a true freshman out of Puyallup as he sat back and watched Billy Joe Hobart take the Huskies to 12-0 back in 1991. All right, Damon, uh, we've we've talked a lot of things on the air over the last three, four years or so. Um, I'm not sure how much we've talked 1991. This should be pretty fun. You were a true freshman on this national championship team. And, uh, gosh, can you believe it's been 30 years? How's that make you feel? (laughs) That makes me feel really, really old, Tony. (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? 30 years? Wow. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was just a kid. My parents dropped me off at the Conabare Shell House. I was 17 years old. These kids graduated from high school. Now they're 19, 20. So (laughs) I was a young pup. But, um, yeah, man, that was a long, long time ago, but a special time in my life for sure. Yeah, well, let's talk about 1991 here over the next, um, you know, several weeks, and, and we'll get some of your old teammates involved, and, and it should be pretty fun. But, but I wanted to start by talking with you because, um, A, I would just love your perspective as, yes, you're a true freshman. Yes, you know, you're you're trying to grow every single day and you're absorbing you're drinking from the fire hose and, and just the new college experience and everything. But also you're a human being that's like observing greatness around yeah. you. And I'm curious what that was like. I mean, you you've got the dog father as your head coach. 
You've got Mark Brunel and Billy Joe Holbert in that quarterback room. And you walk in in 1991, and, and I remember Bob Rondo telling me he thought there was a chance going into the year that they could win them all. But I don't know that anybody ever expects to go 12-0 and and win a national championship. So what was it like stepping in there knowing that there were high expectations? Yeah, I mean, that team was so loaded. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, back in, backing up just a little bit, thinking about our recruiting class, you know, um, finishing the 1990 season, you know, the Huskies finished really strong, uh, won a Rose Bowl, um, uh, and you just knew there was this momentum. There was a, a tough loss, I believe, at Colorado, or, you know, they would have been in, in national championship talks as well. So that team kind of came back with a lot of talent and a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, but our recruiting class, I mean, it was, uh, it was a really, really special group. You know, obviously, uh, Napoleon Kaufman, you know, Mark Bruner being headline, future All-Americans, um, you know, but Ernie Conwell, Steve Hoffman. I go, I go down the list of just all the dudes uh, in that class and, and uh, how cool it was as a freshman to see it done at such a high level um, and to be the very best in the country, you know. So, uh, man. So much talent, you know, uh, I'm not lying. I think this room I'm in right now shooting this Zoom with you, this interview, uh, I believe was our quarterback meeting room. Uh, no way. And Billy Joe. Yes, I'm in the Groovy Graves building. And this wall was not here. So it was a fairly bigger room. It was the quarterback meeting room. And so, uh, yeah, every day kind of looking out. Here, uh, Jeff Woodruff was our quarterback coach. So every time I come to my office, I'm reminded of of greatness in that 91 team and that that room of quarterbacks. Um, it was uh, a great way uh, to to begin my college career. You know, Eric Bjornsson was in that room, too. Uh, another great athlete, had an NFL career. So, yeah, I mean, where do we start? You know, how does this thing end? I could talk all day just about how unbelievable that experience was uh, just to be around those guys, that team, the way they practiced, the way they prepared, the, the discipline, the structure of Don James and all of it being so new to just, a, like you said, drinking from that fire hose, trying to fit in, be one of the guys. Um, great challenge, but uh, great times. And, and just to be there, you know, holding that clipboard for a national championship was pretty special. Hmm. So, there's obviously the the fact that Mark Brunel is in that room, but then gets banged up. And I, I, I got to wonder, like in retrospect, we all know how the story ends. But at that time, that seems like adversity to me, right? Like, I mean, you got you got a really good quarterback that is hurt and not going to be able to go. Do you remember what that was like when that occurred and, and kind of the thoughts and the response of everybody on the team? Well, Mark act actually tore his ACL in, in spring football. So I was not on campus just yet, but certainly, um, you know, he, he was the guy that led him to a big Rose bowl victory in 1990 and they're counting on him to, you know, be the guy, um, for 1991, but the injury happened and, uh, Billy Joe's right there to take the torch and, and, and take the dogs to, to great heights. Um, so yeah, 
Um, you know, and I, I had a relationship with Billy going back to high school. We were teammates. Uh, he was two years older than me. I played tight end my sophomore year when he was the, the quarterback at Puyallup High School his senior year. So I knew he was a great player, great competitor. And, um, you know, he filled those shoes uh, in a big way. I never lost a game as a starter uh, for the dogs. I think went 17 and 0. Um, you know, so yeah, but Billy was uh, a great team player, great competitor, um, big dude, run guys over. Um, and I think um, certainly just right out the gate, that week one win at Stanford, I mean, he had an awesome game and then really solidified himself, you know, at Nebraska, leading the team, that big win on the road. And, um, you know, there's just so much momentum. I mean, we didn't have very many close games that year at all. But uh, Billy, Billy was the guy and, um, you know, capped it off with, a, I believe, a Rose Bowl MVP performance and, uh, in 1991 uh, did, did a great job. I guess you could say filling in for Mark Rennell. Yeah. Well, so as we release this podcast, it's, it's actually – and we're doing it on the anniversary of each game, right? So, I mean, this is game one right here. You're, you're going into a season opener at Stanford, which – I know it's still it, it happens once in a while, but I mean it's not every year that you open up with a league game on the road. You know, I mean, so you, you got a road test in week number one, and uh, you just absolutely smash the Cardinal forty-two to seven, completely dominate this football game. Quote after the game: "That's one heck of a football team and one heck of a defense. You have to hand it to them." They come at you full speed ahead from all angles and make it tough to get anything established on the ground. That's an excellent defense. I don't think we'll see any any better one all season long. That's from Stanford head coach Denny Green as uh, the Huskies just absolutely roll 42-7. to what, what do you remember about that first college football game, that first experience down at, at the farm? Yeah, I think it was my like uh, fourth time ever on an airplane. <laughs> crazy as that sounds the first time on an airplane was my recruiting trip to usc uh you know earlier that year so um yeah it uh you know it was really cool i mean just that experience of being in the hotel on the road you know we had to the discipline we had to wear our sweatsuits and the hot chocolate you know the friday night before the game was the real special treat after dinner and, you know, I remember like going into dinner, uh, the team dinner, and, you know, it literally was back then, all you could hear was like the forks and spoons hitting the table. Like no one talked. Like, I mean, it was just like getting ready for war with Don James and the way like this whole thing like went. And so all of it was so new to me, but uh, it was so cool, right? Just to be with the team when I was third string, you know, young freshman playing on a red shirted quarterback and I got to travel to that one. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really remember the game at all. I didn't play in it, mm -hmm. but it just felt like it, it was just never close, you know, and that that's really all I remember is it was just an absolute beat down. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, that style of defense that Danny Green was talking about, I mean, you know, back then in the early nineties, a lot of, college football especially was, was was played in a phone booth i mean mm. it was all right there in the line of scrimmage and you know lambo's defense would just stack the box and they'd come after you and play downhill and you know if you were going to beat the dogs you, you were going to have to throw it and not too many passing attacks were very sophisticated back then and 
we had a couple of amazing corners, Dana Hall, Walter Bailey, just play man coverage and get in your grill and just great athletes. So that defense made it hard on Stanford that day and, and everybody else they played that year. Yeah, you talk about needing to throw the football against that dog defense because Stanford, 31 carries, 28 yards. Tough, <laughs> yeah. tough day running the football for the Cardinal and, and everybody else that year for the most part. Yeah, I mean, no one could run the ball. I mean, you know, it, it's just a numbers thing, right? I mean, we had eight, nine guys in the box playing cover zero sometimes. I mean, it just, okay, we got these dudes that can play on the outside, run with you at, at corner. So we'll just, we're going to commit to stopping the run. And they blitzed from everywhere. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a great defense. Hey, I, I'm curious, going back to that that dinner thing that you were talking about, and as your first time with a college football team, and you're you're a freshman, you're looking around like you're you're trying to fit in, right? Probably, and it, this is the first time you're observing this. Was that intimidating to see like not a lot of people, you know, talking about whatever else oh. college guys talk about? Like it's oh. it's focus right here. That's a crazy it, it story. Was so different, and and I think if I have this right, you might have to ask some other guys, but like. It was the same thing every time. It was lasagna and corn and rolls. <laughs> like it, it wasn't this buffet now that these kids get, right? Like you'll get your choice of steak or salmon or potatoes and that'll be the meal and then we'll get a snack. Like, no, it was a big plate of lasagna and corn and dinner rolls. Like that, that's what I remember. And, uh, but the hot chocolate, that, that was the real treat. And, and Steve Entman probably going for seconds and thirds and, and maybe fourths. Yeah. Uh. yeah, I mean, yeah. The food wasn't great back then. Even like our <laughs> meals here at the crew house, I mean, they were they were rough. You know, some nights they'd bring, you know, maybe get some pizza or something, but it it, it certainly is a lot better now. These guys these guys got it made. Yeah, yeah, no question. So I'm I'm curious um, because we're not going to talk to you for the rest of these. We'll we'll get some of your teammates involved, but you know I, I do want to talk about a little bit about the rest of the season because it was a it was a, a full season to be sure. You know you, you had this odd week to buy. You go down on the farm. You 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 kick Stanford around. You have a week to buy before week three, going to Lincoln in a top ten showdown against Nebraska. And I think everybody kind of remembers that game where Nebraska jumps out to the lead at halftime. They're looking midway through the third quarter like they might be in control of this thing. And then the light switches and you score the final 27 points of the game, just absolutely dominating from there on out. Uh, 36-21 is the final score. What do you remember about that game at Nebraska? Yeah, no, that was cool. I got to travel to that one too. Um, and um, – I remember their fans. Um, I, I, you know, Husky Stadium is, you know, the greatest setting and, and really cool. But I, I don't think if, if Oregon leaves the stadium with a come from behind win, that, that our fans are gonna say great, great, great <laughs> job, dogs or, or, or ducks, excuse me. Like, like the Nebraska fans like literally, literally gave us a standing ovation as we're heading out the tunnel. Like what a game. Congratulations to you guys. I mean, just that Midwest hospitality, <laughs> like it was unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like that. Um, but it, it was a cool setting and it, it kind of got dark there. I think toward the end of the game, it wasn't a night game, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just, it was a totally different vibe to a football game than I'd ever, you know, been a part of. And granted, I'm a young guy, played high school football, but the difference from Stanford on the farm to going to Nebraska, let's just say for a freshman, it was like, right, night and day. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? So it was really cool to just kind of see those college game day football experiences as a young kid and see what college football is all about. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but that, that team, I mean, they just expected to win this Husky football team. They weren't going to be denied. There was no way. So, but really, really a neat, a neat, uh, setting environment. And then to get that salute, uh, leaving uh, the stadium, like I said, I, I, I couldn't believe that. That was cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Good story. Um, so you outscore Nebraska 20 nothing in quarter number four to get that win and then just line them up the next three weeks. Kansas State 56 to three, Arizona 54 nothing, Toledo 48 nothing. I think your defense goes what 15, 16 quarters without giving up a touchdown. I mean, that's that's now I, I know you know Toledo's thrown in there, like I, I get it. That's got to be one of the great defensive runs in Husky football history. How about college football history? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, but the talent on that team, you know, let's just start with that D-line. You know, Steve Entman, first pick in the draft, Outland Trophy winner, Tyrone Rogers, uh, a young DeMarco Farm, who I think played a decade in the NFL. Um, You know, the outside linebackers, Jaime Fields, you know, Andy Mason, these guys could flat out fly and just wanted to hit you in the mouth. And then, you know, your inside linebackers, Dave Hoffman, Chico Fraley, um, you know, it, it, it was just an amazing Jim Clifford. I think James was a little banged up at times, but played that year too. I mean, that front seven, I'm probably forgetting guys. They're all in the rotation. It was so deep and um, so physical and such an attacking style that uh, in that that age of college football, it was um, really hard to, to do anything. Just the way they could get after the quarterback with the pass rush and then cover on the back end. And, you know, I mentioned the corners, but the safety play too, Shane Palcoa, Tommy Smith, you know, Shane was an NFL guy. Uh, Dante, uh, Dana Hall, excuse me, Dana, Dana was a first-round pick by the 49ers. You know, so like, I mean, we're talking half that defense are all Sunday guys played for a long time. So just um, special, special group on that defense. One, one of the best in college football history for sure. Yeah, the numbers are ridiculous. Giving up less than ten points a game, all that stuff. I mean, just, just awesome. Yeah. But you know, you you get to week six, and this is a road game at Berkeley. I don't, I don't know if you made this trip or not, but. Um, this is this is one of those enormous games because it's it's a rare, really, really good Cal team. And it's number three versus number seven, Washington at Cal. And I went back recently and watched a tape of it, and it, Brent Musburger opens the broadcast by saying, we're in a strange place for a big football game. We're in Berkeley today. It's Washington at Cal, right? Like, I mean, in, in his Brent Musburger way. Um, yeah. But it literally it comes down to the very last play of the game and a heave toward the end. Well, not even really a heave. They had it down around the 20, 25-yard line and a throw toward the end zone that Walter Bailey breaks up to preserve the win. But what what are some of your recollections about just that big midseason game at Cal? 
Yeah. So, you know, that's one I, I did not make the trip, but obviously I can remember sitting on my, I went down, went back home to Puyallup and watched that game. I think I brought a couple of freshmen with me, if I remember right, uh, from California. Uh, so um, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, it was a tight game. I do remember like, gee, this is a little closer than I thought it was going to be. But they had a really good running back at the time. It was Russell White. It might've been his name. And Mike Pulaski was a quarterback. He was, his, you know, like a fourth-year starter. Some really, really talented players on that Cal team, and and their defense was salty. And so they kind of, kind of gave us a few uh, headaches early on in that game and kept it close. And I do remember Bean O'Brien having a big, long touchdown run in that game. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a close game there in Berserkly. Uh, but, uh, and really the one real kind of close competitive four quarter game we had, you know, the Nebraska game, we kind of pulled away there in the third quarter. So yeah, that, that was, that was the one game that was close all year. And I think it's good to, you know, to, to have those and, and, and know, you know, what uh, you can do when, when the, like the pressure starts to cook and, and, and we rose to the occasion and, and, and found a way to win that game. Yeah, final score, 24-17. Dogs won that one. You were talking about Bino Bryant. The 65-yard touchdown run came two out, two plays after Cal had a 68-yard touchdown run to tie the game, but he had the game winner in the fourth quarter to, to get the job done, and the defense held on at the end. And then after that, you know, you, you mentioned not too many close games the rest of the year. You beat Oregon 29-7, beat Arizona State 44-16. SC, of course, back then a traditional power uh, frequently going to Rose Bowls and such, and that was a low-scoring defensive game, 14-3. to But again, dogs with the win. Uh, beat up on Oregon State, 58-6. to Beat up on the Cougs, 56-21. to And so that sends you unbeaten into the Rose Bowl. I mean, you, you, beat, you, you, you run the Pac-10, and you know we're going to the Rose Bowl. And yes, we're in an era where they're voting on national champions, so you never know what's going to happen after the game. But we've got a chance to play against Michigan and their Heisman Trophy winner in Desmond Howard for absolutely everything. What What's preparation yeah. for that like? Well, that was a different time with bowl games, too. And it was my first bowl game experience. And, you know, we got to go down there literally two weeks before the game. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing leaving the Pacific Northwest mid-December. It's not a bad thing to go to sunny Southern California. <laughs> and so we were fired up about that. And of course the dogs have been to the Rose Bowl the previous year, but back then, you know, it was huge for, you know, our staff to be down there that long. You could go recruiting, you know, and then obviously two weeks of practice and down in that weather, you know, we didn't have the indoor facility here. So who the hell wanted to practice when it was dark at three o'clock in Husky stadium, pouring rain and 40 degrees. So we could go down there for two weeks. We practiced at the LA Rams uh, facility. I remember that every every morning we got to go use their facility, um, and it was awesome. And then just you know, literally, we did Disneyland, Magic Mountain, Knott's Berry Farm, you know, Lowry's Beef Bowl. Like every night, it was something different. And I and I'd never done any of those things growing up. So for me, like, this is just, and, and we're playing football and getting ready for the national championship. So, and it was so cool. It was so awesome. And uh, no, I didn't have a fake ID or did I? <laughs> no. Anyway, I had a blast down there. Uh, so anyways, um, just, you know, California dreaming mid-December, 
leading up to that game and uh, and then doing what we did in Pasadena against uh, the Wolverines. You know, and that was a fairly competitive game in the first half, I think, too. And then mm-hmm. we just kind of ran them out the gym. But uh, such a such a cool time uh, to be a Husky and 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 to spend two weeks down there. Uh, and, and really, it was a great time for freshmen to get lots of reps and all that stuff it was like an extra spring football. Mm. So that was huge in my development for sure. Put me back uh, in in the headspace you're in when you're on the field and Don James is accepting the Rose Bowl trophy after you win against Michigan and you're 12-0. No. What, what, do you remember who you were talking to? Do you remember what you saw, what you felt? What, what, yeah. what was that like? I remember it just being so cool, kind of looking at like, you know, some other guys on the team, younger guys, maybe standing next to them on the sideline being like, we got to do this again. There is nothing cooler than this. And, and like we would talk about, like we have, we could be 60 and 0. Like we were going to go 60 and 0 in our college career. <laughs> like that's how we, we, we thought and dreamed yeah. big. And I mean, cause it seemed so easy that year. We just kicked the crap out of everybody and we had all this talent, you know? And, and as you know, as the story goes, we got in trouble and probation and all that crap and kind of derailed some of our dreams, but you know, we, we had a great run nonetheless, but, there's no doubt that moment when you're a national champion and you're looking it up at all the upperclassmen and all those guys that, that, you know, made it happen that season. That was a proud moment. And one like, man, we got to get back here. So cool. Damon, thanks for taking the time to, to share some of those stories. That's uh, that's fun to listen to you recollect. It's fun to think <laughs> about what it would be like to be in your shoes during, during such a special time, such a special season uh, 30 years goes by in a flash, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. You talk to a lot of these coaches and they say, maybe someday I'll look back and reflect on how cool that was. Now, now's the time for the 1991 team to look back and reflect and really enjoy. Absolutely. Uh, just a great group of guys. And I held the clipboard, but was very, very proud to be a small part of it. It was awesome. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.